Hey, my friend, welcome to the Functioning Hot Mess Podcast. I'm your host, Tanya Murray, life coach and author, and I believe that life is too short to be miserable. I learned that lesson a long time ago, and so each week I'll bring you a new episode to help you learn to trust yourself, choose joy, and feel peace. Thank you so much for being here and spending this time with me to work on you. Do me a favor and hit subscribe so I can be in your downloads each and every week. For now, let's get on with the show. Just this week, I had a situation come up that was super upsetting to me. And you know what, you guys, I swear I keep having these learning moments so that I can share them with you. At least I'll never run out of content, right? Anyway, a few years ago, I had to set a very strong, very clear boundary. Now, remember, something like that is typically set to help you with a toxic relationship, right? So even though you set boundaries all the time, there are some that are more drastic than others. And this was one of those situations for me. When you set boundaries with toxic people, they're going to continue to test them. That's what people do. They test. But when you're done, you're done. So my feelings were all over the place. I was surprised. Why? I don't know. This is totally typical behavior of this person. In fact, I'm surprised it hadn't happened already. But it was new. It was deceitful. And it was a particularly low blow. I'd been working through some things with my kiddos that kept me distracted. So I wasn't prepared for this to come up. And to be honest, my feelings were hurt. Sometimes when things hit, it's personal. There's just no other way to describe it. Yes, you can choose how you interpret it. And I am a suit. I coach that. I know that. But sometimes that interpretation is spot on. And I knew that this was meant to be a low blow to me. And I felt it. Then my Scorpio temper flared. Yep. My hurt was rolled over to my more comfortable friend, anger. I saw red and I thought of all the mean things I could say and I'd love to do and who I'd want to say them to. And then the next came compassion. I felt sorry for this person. I mean, how miserable would it be to spend so much of your time wasted in negativity, in obsession with your brain just spinning on whatever the hell they're spinning it on? That's got to be a miserable place. And There's a whole lot of messed up in that, in the things that people do to get attention, to get their way, to make someone else pay. So as infuriating as it is, it's sad to see someone so mentally sick. It's not an excuse. As adults, it's our responsibility to fix our shit, but it's still sad. So I'm going to walk you through now exactly what I did to work through this process and the situation that came up. So first off, number one, I allowed myself to ride the emotional roller coaster. So just like I described it, I was all over the place and that's okay. So when you're in this situation, what you don't need to do is add judgment to your feelings. It's not bad of you to feel hurt or angry. Those feelings are normal and they're okay. So true, you don't want to get stuck there. You don't want to end in anger and negativity, But you don't need to beat yourself up for being angry and thinking some really mean things. Just let yourself go from zero to 60 in a half a second. It's okay. But allow yourself to feel each and every one of those emotions as you go through that roller coaster. 
Now, as I mentioned, I felt surprised. I felt pain. I felt anger. I felt compassion. I felt all of those things in a pretty short amount of time, but I allowed myself to feel them. And that's what I want you to do is allow yourself to feel all of those feelings that come up. The next thing I did was I wrote a letter. I sat down and I opened a blank document on my laptop and I started typing. Let me just clarify. I didn't open an email that I could accidentally hit send. That would not be cool. You cannot bring that back. So I just opened a regular Word document on my computer and started typing, knowing full well that most likely I wasn't going to send this letter. And even if I did, that this was just going to be my very rough draft, right? Like I was going to go back and edit it and rethink it, but I just needed to get all of those thoughts out. So I wrote a letter. I actually wrote down or wrote a couple of letters. Write down everything. Then you can cut things out. You can copy and paste it where it needs to go. Include a letter to the others involved that you would want to know what's going on and probably even write a letter to the dog. (laughs) I just write like crazy. I get it all typed out and ready to be proofed, added to, and made even better tomorrow. Then typically I'll share it with my sister or someone else just in case I left anything out or in case they need to give me the mental slap to the face and say, look, you're being ridiculous here. So there's always that. But then I slept on it. I just left it alone for the night, closed my laptop and went to bed. And I allowed myself to get some sleep, to refresh. And when I woke up the next morning, let's reevaluate it then. So that was my next step. The next morning I got up and I actually journaled about it. I didn't write all of the things that I had written in the letter. I write how I wrote how I was feeling now in that moment. So I just really got really raw with this is where I am right now after a good night's sleep, after being able to get all of that out last night, be able to feel all the feelings that I felt, write everything down, tell everybody off, whatever it was I needed to do. And then I was able to journal just about me, my reaction, the way I was feeling, and just try to take on a different perspective of all of it. So sometimes when I do this, it takes days of writing, but the point is to shrink the amount of time it takes you to get over the drama. So look, your feelings are hurt. That's legitimate. You need to process and take the time that you need to get back on your feet. However, sometimes you let that drag on too long. You know when you're milking it, right? The more you work on yourself, the less time it will take you to bounce back from a setback. So what used to take you two months may shrink to two days or 20 minutes. The next step is to decide what you can control. And I know I talk about this all the time, but I have to remind myself all the time. So I'm going to remind you all the time, but decide what you can control. And usually that's not much. You can do everything in your power to guide the outcome, but some things you just cannot control. You don't have a say in what other people do or how they respond. Whether you like it or not, there are some things you just don't get to decide. You can't control what someone says about you or whether or not someone believes them. You can't control who they get to join their side. And unfortunately, You can't keep them from testing your boundaries. So knowing what you can and cannot control can really help you with your focus 
because then you're able to say, okay, I can't control these things. I can't influence this situation. So now what? And that leads me to the next step. And that is to let go of what you have no power over. So for me, as I wrote in my morning journal about this incident, the best example came to me. I thought of a tug of war game with one person on each side and a big patch of mud in the middle. You know what that looks like, right? I was on one side and this individual was on the other. Then I thought the best way to stay out of the mud is to let go of the rope. Let it go. Because I realized in that moment that I'm keeping the game going and I don't even freaking want to play the game. I don't care about winning. I don't need to be top dog or number one in this situation. I don't have to come out ahead. I'm not competitive in that way. So I really started looking at the situation. And I realized that when I set my boundary a few years ago, I picked up the rope. So to me, I was setting an ultimatum, a clear statement to leave me the hell alone. But to the other person, I had issued a challenge. Now, that wasn't my intent. But again, I don't have control over how they receive it or what they do with it. So since that time, there have been multiple attempts to cross my boundaries. And this person knew it would upset me, but the upset was the point. So I was giving this individual just what they wanted by pushing back. I picked up the stupid rope, even though I hate the damn game. So by realizing that, I just needed to let go of the rope. And I was able to look at the situation from a different angle. So I was able to say, how do I do that? What does it look like? The thing is, two years ago, I needed to set that boundary. I still need it. And I will keep it. But it looks differently now. This person will still remain blocked on my phone and all of my social media accounts. This individual will not be allowed in my home or at my office. All that stuff is going to remain. However, what they do behind my back and to provoke a response to me is none of my business. That is where I can let go of the rope. So believe me when I tell you that is a hard pill to swallow. I don't want to just let that part go. And part of me feels as if by letting that go, I'll be a doormat and I'll be walked all over again. But I've had two years of respite and growth and I can forgive this person, but not allow them back into my life. I can allow them to poke those boundaries all they want. I don't even need to know about it. The new boundaries I can set can be telling other people Unless there's a direct threat to my safety or the safety of my children, I don't want to know what they're saying and doing. So by making that decision, it allows me to move forward and be free from the emotional exhaustion from playing that stupid tug of war game. In a way, I'm saying, here's your damn rope. Enjoy it. And I'm out. And it's really freeing. It's not giving in. It's not laying down. Or it's not getting muddy. It's just letting go of the rope and taking that step back out of the battle. I'm not doing this for their benefit. I'm doing it for me. And there's no doubt in my mind that there will be future attempts to get me to play the game again. 
but now I know I don't have to pick up the rope. Now, I want you to think of a situation and a scenario where this is applicable in your life. We set boundaries every day. We probably actually should set more boundaries, let's be real. But we set them all the time, and when we set them, it is typically to preserve us, right? Boundaries help us. Boundaries are good. We need to set them, and a lot more of them. We don't always know what to do when someone crosses that boundary. And we do understand that if we let them have an inch, they'll take a mile, right? Because that one inch today turns into two inches tomorrow and they just keep pushing and keep pushing. So we do need to have those clear lines, but at some point it's okay to reevaluate. I'm not telling you to let a boundary go. I absolutely completely believe that boundaries are there for a purpose and they're good. Now, maybe that's up to you to decide. But for me, the boundaries I set in place have been put there for a reason. I don't just set them on a whim. So they're good for you. But how do you react when someone pushes that boundary, when they're testing that? Now, to me, I've already done the steps. I've blocked this individual from really any contact from me. So now they're trying to go around through the back door and do it really kind of sneakily and honestly shitty. Now, the thing I want you to remember is just because someone's trying to cross a boundary, poke a boundary, test a boundary, doesn't mean they get to get what they want. They get to have what they want. You are smart. You are a very bright individual and you have the ability to outthink that person. You have the ability to step back, go through these five steps journal things, write things, get all that emotion out, write those letters, even though you know you'll never send them. You have the ability to be creative, to come up with a scenario, to figure out how you can tweak that boundary and move your buttons. That is one of my favorite sayings. When someone's pushing your buttons, move them. How you ask, you know that, you know the answer to that, but you have to slow down You have to go through these five steps so that you're able to be clear, be creative and come up with new buttons, a new place, get rid of them altogether. Let go of the damn rope. All right, my friend, you have got this. I am so proud of you. I'm grateful that you're here. Keep doing good things. You're doing amazing work. You're doing great things. And I'm so happy that you listened to this podcast. If you feel a little bit low on your confidence level, like you're just not sure you're going to be able to pull off these five steps, I get it. And I've been there. So I created a PDF with my three favorite tips that you can do every single day. It's free to you. Go to my website, theheartofconfidence.com forward slash everyday confidence, and you'll get a free PDF that has just three simple steps that you can do each and every day. That's going to help you understand that you're a good person. You're doing great things. And every day that you do that, you're going to see the good that you're doing. Your confidence is going to start to grow and you're going to be able to make clear, awesome changes in your life. So I would love for you to get your hands on that guide and get started today. So again, go to theheartofconfidence.com forward slash everyday confidence and get your copy of that guide. All right. I will be back in your downloads next week. Have a great one. 